Welcome to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. We interview great guests who inspire you to overcome obstacles and achieve your goals. Be sure you visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, just relax as you listen. You can do something else, but be ready to make an important note. And let's get started. The title of this interview is simply Grit. My guest is the wonderful Jennifer Marr, and she is truly a special guest, and we'll get into that. Uh, And by the way, if you're listening, uh, like most most of the people are, I encourage you to go over to YouTube and check it out because quite frankly, and I don't say this with any insincerity, I haven't had a more beautiful guest on on the interview uh, more than Jennifer. Now I've had some beauties, but none more beautiful than Jennifer. I don't say that, I say that with complete- Wow, yeah, I know you're a barometer of beauty. It's pretty high, so. Yeah, you, you well, we'll get into it. You know, I've known Jen a long time and uh, she's, She's, I wouldn't say she's as beautiful as ever because I knew her when she was young. She was maybe slightly more gorgeous then. But, uh. she, <laughs> but, but I got to say, that she, I encourage you to go to YouTube because she is gorgeous. Uh, and and uh, you'll find out how that might be the least of her qualities <laughs> in the interview. <laughs> she's got it all. Okay, so uh, this is going to be a great interview. Uh, it's unlike anyone that I've had before. It's going to be unprecedented. And it's, um, it's going to be about building a community. And you'll get a lot of other stuff because of our personal relationship uh, and other peripheral stuff. But let's get right into it. My guest is Jennifer Marr. Uh, and her mate, I knew her when she was younger as McBrarity. Yeah. That's her maiden name. Uh, and now she's Mar. Now she's a pro. Okay. You're going to find out why and how. So on paper, her journey may seem very simple. She has been a licensed real estate agent for 25 years. She is now the CEO of J Phillip real estate. And- COO. Oh, COO. COO. Oh, did I, I'm talking to the wrong person then. Like, yeah. get, me, get me the CEO. It's not <laughs> quite as exciting. Still kind of boring. See, I that's the COO is a harder job. COO is like really that's, crazy. That's and the harder job. Yeah, and I always, you know, likened myself to be a visionary, and so a CEO, a CEO is very much the visionary, and I am a visionary. Not but really, man, really. am I an implementer and an integrator? So COO is where I belong because I get hit and that's up. critical. The, yep. CEO, the COO is just as necessary as the CEO. Just because yep. without the operation, without the execution, execution's everything. Everything. So if, you're not, if you're not executing, you're nowhere. We've done more with me as COO in six months than we did with me as, you know, a partner, a manager, and blah, 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 uh, in 10 years. Fantastic. I love yeah. it. So she's the COO, which is chief operating officer. I'm the coup. The coup. The coup. Right. Coup. Yeah, I, 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 since I know you, let's let's repeat that word one more time. Coup coup. You're the coup coup. I'm the coup coup. <laughs> she is a COO. Coup coup I'm the coup coup coup. Oh, three. Here you go. Jay Field, Jay Phillip Real Estate. And on a way to becoming a national coach. She's getting into my realm. You know, I'm a coach, right? Um, but actually, I, I'm really, I don't even do coaching anymore because i am focused on being a c well an entrepreneur i'm not i wouldn't i don't call myself a ceo i'm executive director of the company when i have a staff when i have a bunch of employees then i'll call myself ceo right now i'm just the executive director struggling to make it to to get to the part where i, I can go do other things but you're i'm your just, own, you're your own bitch exactly i wear, I wear a dozen, okay exactly i wear Hold a dozen it. hats nope. my partner wears a dozen hats we yeah. have, I have staff. I have a podcast manager. Yep. I got a social media manager. We have a tech, uh, tech company working for us. Guess what? I'm my own bitch. That's what I am. I'm still my own bitch too. We have a That's staff it. Very so good. And, uh, 
<laughs> and that and, <laughs> let me just let me just get started otherwise, otherwise we never will you and i have so much in common and such a history that we, we can just shoot off on tangents at any moment so she's actually an ordained buddhist priest yeah because they kicked her out of the catholic church she had to go somewhere uh, <laughs> do you know i was an altar boy they kicked me off the altar boys for drinking the sacristy wine did you know that well, well let's not get bogged down on that she's ordained buddhist priest and she applies buddhist philosophy to her career uh, and hold on a second before I continue. Do you, know, do you know I'm very I'm more into Zen than I've ever been before, and I have a protege, and we study and practice Zen. Right now, we're studying Stoicism, uh, which is from actually more specifically Marcus Aurelius, uh, with his work The Meditations, written 1800 years ago. But it's just it's a lot of similarities with Zen and Buddhism. And it's, it's just these these ancient people they. They really knew what they were talking about. Taoism <laughs> too is is a lot of amazing philosophies Absolutely. that apply, and athletes really apply a lot of Taoism. So it can it can be applicable in just about everywhere. It's just mm -hmm. about you know the inside out and, and getting centered. Intrinsic versus extrinsic. You can see before the interview. Jen used the word extrinsic. Now I'm very familiar with the word intrinsic. I throw it around like it's like it's you know nickels. But she she dropped extrinsic on me. I was like, "Why are you making that up?" But no, she wasn't. I had to make sure because I I sometimes I know more words than I actually know. Or mix up a lot of stuff. So she applies her Buddhist philosophy to a career, relationships, and life in general, as we just alluded to. She is a true believer that there are no skeletons in your closet. That is great because there's going to be a lot of skeletons in this conversation. <laughs> I say that quasi tongue in cheek. And these skeletons, they literally, they literally surround you like a cloak. So until you let them go, life will weigh you down. That is well put. Yeah. I like, yeah, I like that very much, Jen. That's great stuff. Well, welcome, Jen. Thank you. By the way, for those listening or watching. I can call her Jen. You can't. You call her Jennifer or Mrs. Marr. <laughs> and, and another reason why for, for, for the listener to tune into YouTube, uh, for the first time, I'm using, if you look at my background, I have San Francisco and Jen has uh, Lake Mount, Mount, Mahopak? Mahopak or well. People say you're supposed to say my whole pack, but I say I grew up in Brooklyn and Staten Island. We yeah, don't say, we don't say a, my whole pack. We say man. Yeah, you're you're not an Indian, right? Not much <laughs> at all. So we're using two uh, interesting backgrounds. It's very cool. Janice, it's a pleasure to see you. Pleasure to see you and, as well. And you truly look fantastic. I, you really do. And you know, I don't mind. I don't mind saying. I've already told the audience that you're beautiful and they should go check out YouTube. Uh, you know, I have no, now I certainly have had a number of interviews with people I have had previous relationships with, uh, but they're all been professional. I have known Jen since I got out of the army, out of the army in 1987. My brother had become very good friends with her boyfriend, uh, and Jen and I, and that's when I got introduced to both of them. And I became very good, very good friends with both of them. And I have known Jen ever since then. We've, we've always had a close relationship. In fact, about, I remember I had a whirlwind intense romance about 22 years ago. I know specifically because it was that definitive. And um, subsequently, soon thereafter, you know, Jen and I were very close. We made a marriage pact. <laughs> we said to each other, in 20 years, if we're not married, let's marry each other. Uh, thank God some guy scooped her up recently and took the pressure off me. Whew, that was close. That was close. Mr. Marr, J. Philip Marr, thank God for you, sir. J. Philip Marr? Well, I don't know. What's his, I don't know what his name is. Chris Marr. What, what is his name? Chris Marr. Chris Marr. is my business partner. The name okay. of I, I don't know. I thought you were working for your husband. Oh, God. well, I, I run his law office. Okay. I don't work for my husband. He works that's for me. It. I, my memory exactly needs freshening. So uh, <laughs> thank you, Chris, for taking the, the pressure off me. I really appreciate it, bro. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, and I got to tell you, so I've known her for so long, and, and we are very similar, very very similar. Um, we have had uh, both such an evolution. Uh, I mean, we were we her and I were ne'er do wells. We were screw ups. You know, we had issues, and she has transformed herself in her life. Uh, and I've done done it too for my life in my own way, of course. But it, it is I, I I don't you know of all the people I know and the people that I know that you know, I don't know of anyone that has that is that is like us that has had that were so I'm not gonna say depraved <laughs> that's the wrong word, but you know we've had such issues, but transformed themselves uh, to become uh, a person that is all about personal development and evolution and success so well, i have to just i just want to say that i think a lot for me is when i went into these like depraved states uh, way back when it was more because of like having an understanding without having an understanding or really really being able to comprehend my instincts were that there was so much more than this but i didn't know nobody ever told me like you can be anything you want in the world. You know, you can impact people. You can, you know, you could go to college. I didn't even know you could go to college. You can do anything. And so like, I kind of went into the, and I feel like you were the same. And it's, I feel like that's true of a lot of people with gifts and talent, which everybody has gifts and talent. But if you're put in a place in life where you don't really get to utilize them or understand them, I think the shadow takes over. Mm. And, um, so I don't know that I don't believe in transformation so much. I think it's more just, it's like a mirror, right? Like the, you can have a mirror that's been in storage for a really long time and it's just, you can't see anything. It's really dirty. And then you start to work on the mirror, but right. it's the same mirror. It, right. More of a revelation, more of a realization. Come to the surface. Right. Yeah. Like different things coming to the surface. We're all mm -hmm. made of exactly the same stuff, good and bad equally. Um, it's a matter of what's at the surface and what's what's the freshest and what's what's being taken care of and what's being uh, cultivated and 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 fed and nurtured. Absolutely, um, and you know, as as a Buddhist, uh, I'll bet you'll agree with this because you know I I meditate and I practice so, to some whatever degree Zen. Uh, consciousness is is the thing that unifies us all it's all exactly the same for every person we wake we're hungry we're conscious we go we do but we have different minds but we consciousness is exactly the same for all you know what's going on in my life right and it, that's subjective but consciousness is the same for every person so there's that's the thing that that is the oneness the fabric that connects us all but hold on but, but before i get into that you said something that made that um reminded me of something i remember in 1995 yep i put a gun to my head uh and uh was a full i was in a full-length mirror totally naked excuse the imagery i was looking good back then so you know i was a young man then so it's not so bad now don't think of me now now as an old man 55 years old ready to die then I was looking good and <laughs> mentally ready to die i put a gun to my head and i was crying and I said, God, is there anything left before, before I pull this fucking trigger? And I used the word there because that's what I said then. And it's good for the emphasis and it's true. And I didn't hear any language, but I got a message to put the gun down. All right. Put it down. And then, uh, then I laid in bed for three days, clicking my toes together like the inverse of Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. And then my mother came over because I wouldn't answer the phone. And she says, what's going on? You know, everybody, you know, everybody wants to know where you are. And I said, I said the words I never said in my life before. And that was, Ma, I need help. And that's, that's when my journey truly began. Ma, I need help. Asking for help. Right. And what a mother you have. Oh, boy. My, my mother should be canonized. Yep. <laughs> she needs to be Very a saint. <laughs> Oh my God, man! We, uh, you, and I have had so many adventures too. I mean, all kinds, and you know, it's so. It's such a pleasure, such a delight uh, to to know 
your journey and adventure like I do. I mean, you want a, a personal uh, evolution or realization, if you will. But to know you as I have, uh, and it's just, it's, I'm so delighted for both of us because I, I, used, I used to hate my life and hate the world to a degree I did. There was a lot of denial. Because, I mean, you knew me. I wasn't a necess- Would you say I was an angry person? You know, I remember when I first met you, and I think I met you before you got released from the army. I think you might have came home oh. once or twice, right? And then, I, but I just remember you were the first person I ever heard of refer to themselves as a nonconformist. And I didn't know it. Um, but I, most of my struggle came from trying to conform because I'm definitely not, I don't do well with pack mentality. I don't do well with a herd with, with like, you know, I'm, I'm a lot more of an introvert than anyone will ever know or understand. I, I need a lot of alone time and Me too. Um, I can't, I, I do, I, I suffer from being out in mainstream and public too much too often and and I'm there a lot so I have to take a lot of downtime but you were the first person I ever heard and probably one that's why we you know connected it was a freedom for me to hear that from somebody and um so I think that that's more I think you were suffering from it's 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 difficult to find your place when you're a nonconformist <laughs> or when you just oh, really? truly um have this aura you know that just doesn't fit in it doesn't it doesn't fit in you know and that would be the best description um for both of us i think and so it causes suffering i don't i don't necessarily anger is just one of those emotions that comes along with suffering you know no i would not have considered you an angry person i think you were suffering same as me you're you're astute my dear my dear woman now that she's married i have to qualify the woman because i can't just leave that hanging out uh previous to the marriage i could have said just my dear but now my dear woman (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh but uh yeah i think that's pretty astute uh because you know, I had, I had, I had a, a brewing anger, but I was not an angry person. I was not a violent person. Uh, and, but I had, you know, I had to, a lot, I needed a lot of uh, reconciliation with the world. That's for sure. <laughs> and, um, and finally started doing that and I, and life and, and I, you know, and now I love life and now I love the world. So that I went from hating it to loving it. And that's the basic transition. <laughs> that's the trick when you do that you know you're on your way so i love uh and, and realize it's the same it you can same. look at yeah it's it's, it's, it's my, perception. my perception yeah it's your perception and and uh world. and and just being in the present moment taking uh, away the past stop with the food you know and just being here and being able to recognize and enjoy um where we're at even when it sucks absolutely Absolutely. Uh, This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Proficio, perhaps the most common method that coaches worldwide use to get undisputable results for their clients is NLP. Visit www.proficio.io, that's proficio.io, where you can make the changes you want and get the results you dream of. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. We're here with Jennifer Amar, and she was just talking about the present moment, and I want to mention something about that. And, you know, that, that's, you want to be in the present because that's where all the action happens. <laughs> that's where all the power is. All right. But, you know, I just, uh, my girlfriend just broke up with me, and and it was a very, she was shocked at how well it went. Uh, and, and, and I don't say this with any, self-aggrandizement is that she wanted more attention and affection from me than I was willing to give her. And if she, and, and, and good for her for recognizing her need or her want and, and saying, 
putting the brakes on it before she might get hurt more. But now, now she, now a funny thing is that she was giving me all this attention and I was giving her like, say this medium attention. And now she's giving me all this little attention because I feel the same way, but her feelings went from high to now it's low, you know, but that's life on planet earth as a human. But I wanted to say about being the president is that I would say to her, you know, it's like, listen, the present is where it's at. You want more, you want this future. But when you, when you think about this, what's going on? Okay, yeah, sorry. Uh, do you think about this future? That's you not being present, <laughs> all right? You, this, is, this is where it's, it's all going down right now in this present, you know? And, and uh, that's where it's at. So yeah, you can, thinking about the future is fine and even necessary, but now is, is, is where all the good stuff is going on right now. And, and you've got to lose sight of that is to lose, lose the present. Uh, and it's a critical thing. So yeah, uh, as you know, as a Buddhist, you want to uh, give us some elucidation on uh, the present moment? Well, being a Buddhist, but also being someone who's very uh, motivated and has a lot of big goals that I work on on a daily basis. Uh, the last seven years, I was living off a seven year plan. Uh, for pretty much everything on it, I hit uh, down to being married, uh, buying a beach house and paying it off, uh, just very specific things that took planning. And um, so kind of for me, it's about, <clears throat> you know, writing that plan and then um, just getting into execution and being very present in the execution and not being rigid when the plan starts to go in different directions, being open to wherever it may take you. Um, and um, which is really being in the present moment, although that is a future plan, right? So it's, it's I hate the word balance because I don't think balance is, is possible. Um, but yeah, show, you know, it's okay to have plans, write them down. You have to, you need a blueprint to get where you are, right? Um, you can't build a house without, I mean, you can build a house without a blueprint. I just wouldn't want to live in it and I wouldn't buy it. Yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't you even visit. Yeah. You can't get to California from New York without a map. Well, you can, but it'll probably take you like, I don't know, 500 times more longer. You know, in my experience as an entrepreneur and a person of personal development and as a coach who helps people you know a plan is a necessary beginning you're gonna adjust the hell out of it you're gonna modify the hell out of it it may look nothing like you did it did at the beginning but it's necessary to get you going in a direction and it literally does help you stay in the present moment, believe it or not, which is counterintuitive, but it's, yes. it takes away the anxiety or the worry of the future. It's okay. I have a plan. Bullseye. Bullseye. Sometimes, oftentimes, and we, we, we don't realize it, but sometimes the more structure, the more freedom. And so that plan gives you that structure to actually allow you to enjoy the present moment because you don't have to be worried about the future because you have a plan. Exactly. Totally. Great stuff. So um, let's get back to, let's get to, um, let me ask, what was the defining moment for you where you knew you would go from the bottom to the top? I think I've had a few. I mean, obviously when I wound up pregnant with Olivia, strung out on everything, uh, homeless um, and scared, I all of a sudden just had the strength to know, okay, this is going to be okay. And so there was one. Um, how did you then, how, how did you come to that realization that, it, that everything would be okay? I don't know. A trust. Yeah. A trust was, in the a trust a in the universe. Yeah, and so oftentimes I'm always like, I'm not sure if I believe in God. And then when I go back, I'm like, well, I don't know, you know, maybe I do, maybe I did, because I did have um, a blind faith and I did have many angels help me along the way. Um, so yeah, I guess it just, there was, there was, there was just a blind faith, like, okay, this, this is what I'm, I'm meant to be. This is what I'm meant to do. This is it. And uh and not that like I transformed at that moment. I mean, poor Olivia. Um, I mean, she's a beautiful young lady and she. That, that's her daughter. Listen. That's my oldest daughter. 
she was given a ton of love and whatever, but you know, she definitely didn't have the best mother for the first 14 years of her life. She had a really lost, uh, scared, angry, dark woman trying to find her way. Um, so it didn't happen instantaneously. There was, there was many moments. And when I came across Buddhism was one of those moments, um, you know, so that Olivia was maybe about 12, you know, when I, when I kicked some of the cross Buddhism and that was one of those, you know, big moments of uh, you call transformation, um, for me. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of other failures, you know, really, I had a DUI, DWI 10 years ago. Um, I've never had a drink and drove since that day, which, you know, in our personalities, if you don't quit something entirely, that's a freaking miracle. I don't know how I was able to, you know, keep that commitment while still drinking. Um, and um, that happened, you know, and then I remember, I don't, I think it, I think it was my 41st birthday, not my 39th of my 40th. I think it was my 41st birthday. We went out to dinner and I cried the entire time, you know, like the birthday dinner felt like an afterthought. Like, you know, my family didn't really put anything into it. Nobody at my office really put into anything into it. And I just realized like I wasn't extraordinary, you know, anymore. And I always felt like I was an extraordinary person as a little girl. And I realized that I was living a very mediocre track, which was really unnatural for me. And I was making it natural. And that's that's kind of what I did when I got pregnant with Olivia. I tried to get on this like normal path. I became like Martha Stewart and like, you know, really being a home, very domestic and like all these things trying to conform. And um, so when I when I had that accident and I went to that dinner the next day, now I didn't have any money and I had actually been in a job where I was employed long story. I was trying to open up my own office with, with Keller Williams and blah, blah, blah. So I ended up becoming a team leader, which is a CEO for uh, Keller Williams office down in Scarsdale. And, um, you know, the, 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 the owner of that office, like, you know, obviously it wasn't really thrilled with me and I wasn't really owning the position and he wasn't really uh, empowering me to own it. And I basically woke up the next day without a dime to my name and quit that job, which was like $130,000 a year. Plus I was able to list and sell property. So it was huge. Uh, benefits, everything you can imagine. I just woke up and quit it with nothing. I had nothing. And I knew that that's what I had to do. And that's when I became partners with Phil Ferranda, who you called Jay Phillip, um, who owned Jay Phillip Real Estate at that time. And um, so that was probably another one of those moments. So it wasn't just one moment. There's been a many, but that was the one where I found my strength and tapped into a strength that was always there. I mean, look, I survived the streets like, uh, you know, like really the streets. I mean, I was homeless in Manhattan. I was homeless in downtown West Palm Beach when it was the murder capital of the country. I survived those things. I think, I think you had a lot to do with that statistic, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. <laughs> but... I survived those things and still didn't know I had the strength. I didn't know. It was just shame. You know, I just saw those things as shame. And um, so I did it. I quit the job. And like everybody in my life was like, are you effing nuts? And um, so there, that was a huge defining moment. And, you know, it still took, it still took. And then there was um, the moment when I had this big, beautiful house that I was living in with the girls like a $7,000 a month nut. And Olivia was about to go to college in Queens and a house where I am now, uh, I had been doing the property management on for years and um, the basement apartment was becoming available. So I take my daughters to this basement apartment and there was, um, you know, a Latino family living here. The mom was very ill and, you know, they had a very different lifestyle. They had like probably five or six people living in the two bedroom basement apartment, stuff everywhere. And with a mom having cancer, like it was just very depressed and dark. I take my kids there and I'm like, this is where we're moving. And, um, you know, we're going to travel. So Olivia didn't care. She's going off to college. And Julia was like, okay. You know, so poor Julia enters middle school living in, you know, a basement apartment as opposed to this big, beautiful house. Um, 
And, um, and that was it. That was another defining moment when I caught the extrinsic uh, values uh, that I was living on and, 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 and simplified things really started to happen. Like my business like quadrupled in the next two years. Um, I identified the beachfront house that I was buying in the Dominican Republic and, and didn't have a dime and got into contract and I had to pay 10,000 a month for the first six months and I did it. I mean, I didn't have any money. And then um, things just started kind of happening. So there was a whole bunch of moments. It wasn't just one. You know, that's fantastic. You know. Uh... I love what you're talking about, of course, but uh, there's a there's a danger, and uh, you you whipped it nicely because you're so it seems to me either disciplined or if not energetic, you you're 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 diligent and you do the work. You get up early or you do the work that has to be done. And I think I'm going to call you a workaholic, but I'm saying that you don't shy away from the work that needs to be done. Me, go on. Well, that's been, that's been a huge epiphany this year. So like, I would have always thought that about myself, but I can tell you that a lot of times I think I was faking it, like, you know, but, but it was probably true. I was probably still doing more work than most people. Yeah. Um, See, and where, me, and me yeah. on the other hand, I believe in destiny, but, and that's a dangerous thing, which is what I started with, because if you have, you think you have this destiny, you can get really lazy. And think it's gonna happen. Yes, it ain't gonna happen. No, without the, work. without the work, it just ain't gonna happen. It was just a fantasy or even a delusion. So this one, this one lesson this year has completely changed everything for me. So you said discipline, and that's just it. I spent since I got pregnant with Olivia, and you know, tried to become this mom, and then you know, wife, which I failed miserably at, and like I tried to become like a you know, uh, someone very uh, important in my community, which I failed miserably at. I mean, in the, in the end, I did great. Well, no, didn't they, uh, you know, drive you out of town or tar and feather you or something like that? <laughs> they tried. They tried. <laughs> they tried. Leader, they were... I have a great leader for chip position and a lot of respect, thank God. But man, I, I've i messed that up and made every mistake publicly. But really what I was doing was trying to be disciplined. We're nonconformists. How the fuck are we trying to be disciplined? Okay, that's just not going to work. And then I read this book. Which one? I think it's Holly Whitaker. It's called "Quit Like a Woman," and it's about it's about alcohol. But literally, ladies, anybody, read this book and replace alcohol with anything in your life. And she talks about the difference between discipline and commitment. So discipline is a track saying. If only you didn't do this, you'd be better. If only you did that, you'd be better. If you'd stop this, you'd be better, right? That's the that's the soundtrack that discipline gives you, which doesn't do well for us, right? Yeah. Commitment is if you deserve that. So if you do this, you can have that. You deserve this. If you do this, you can have that. If you stop doing this, you can have what you deserve, what you deserve, is completely different conversation with yourself. And so, and I just did my own coaching um, broadcast on this one Friday. So go check it out on Success, um, Success in Real Estate Coach, I think it is on YouTube, uh, or on Facebook, Success in Real Estate. Literally saying, and if you Google it, uh, focus on the results, not the progress. You can't find that. It's all about focus on the progress, not the results. I mean, the process, sorry. Focus on the process, not the results. Process. I call bullshit. Bullshit. Focus on the results. The process sucks. And anybody who like tells you it doesn't, it does if, if you're focused on it, right? right? Just like going to the gym or eating healthy or any of those things to get to where you want to go. If you're focused on the fact that you have to go to the gym, if you're focused on the fact that I got to eat and drink green shit all day long and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, I focus on the future on what, and that, and still be in the present moment understanding, right? So focusing on those, those results that I deserve, like I deserve to have to be a hard body. I deserve, like I had a lie. I was telling myself my, the last 30 years and it's okay because I was in survival mode. Like you're genetically just built that way. 
you're just that's just genetically how you are because I didn't want to do I didn't want to focus on the process and I didn't want to you know I didn't want to focus on the results either because I didn't know I deserved them right. and it's so the why the why is the biggest motivator yeah, but, but but you have to get emotionally attached to it. You can't just like have this why. Right. If you don't understand and know, like I I can vision myself exactly what I look like, what I'm wearing. I know my future self and I know who's around me. I know how it impacts my children. I know how it impacts my grandchildren. And it's it's really powerful. Um, but I never focus on the process and... Um, but that doesn't, I mean, I literally today is Sunday. I'll spend three hours today planning my week and make sure I'm prepared for the week. So that is right. That's what, but the coaches, the gurus are missing that link of understanding that you have to first know that you deserve the results that you're looking for. Mm. And then you have to really be attached to them emotionally and understand. And then I have mantras, like if what I'm doing right now. So you're either, there's a great, I don't know who founded it. Lots of people take credit for it. I don't know who actually came up with you're either ripe and rotting or green and growing, but it's completely true. There is no staying still. That is an illusion. It's not physically possible. You're going one direction or the other. So at any given moment, am I going in the direction I want to go to, or am I going backwards? Am I going forward? Or am I going backwards? Absolutely. Is what I'm doing right now taking me towards my goals or away from them? Because there is no mediocre. Totally. And, you know, as, as for deserving, that's a critical thing because, you know, I'm a recovering or recovered addict, alcohol, doesn't matter. You know, I've been sober a long time. The critical thing to get over was deserving a good life. That was the critical thing. And that's a critical thing that I found for all alcoholics and all addicts. If they don't come to a point where they, they feel or believe that they deserve better, they never will get better. Now, that's a, that's, now that's a word of pathology of addiction. Now, let's talk about just a normal person and success. But I don't Same think frigging thing. Same. I was going to say, it's not just for addiction because oh, no. I said that, that. Is, exactly. that is human nature. I mean, people wake up at my age. So I'm grateful for my past because... I know exactly where I am and what I'm doing and why I'm with the person I'm with and why, you know, yeah. people wake up our age and like, who the fuck is this in bed with me? How did this <laughs> well, that's happen? my point. Who that's are my these point. kids? I don't even like these kids. <laughs> so addicts need to get clean, but normal people, or if you're already clean, need now, you need it, now you need it to have the life that you want. You have to believe that you deserve it. And it has to be emotional. Otherwise, you're just going to phone it in and you're going to wake up like, where is this? So that brings me back to. Hold on. Before you get going, let's let's stop. Hold that thought because we got to take a commercial break. Okay. You and I are going on. You and I go, 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 go. And let's take a commercial break. And we'll be right back with Jennifer Mar. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Proficio. The pandemic has painfully shown how we must have money put away, not just for a rainy day, but for a whole bunch of them. You must accrue wealth to really be okay. Visit www.proficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where you can truly learn financial principles like never before so that you can have the future you really want and need. You are listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroser. We're talking with Jennifer Marr, having an outstanding conversation, very organic. I had to put the brakes on it, otherwise you wouldn't stop. Uh, where were we, Jen? We, we, I, I stopped you in mid-sentence. Yes. So, so one of the reasons that for me, and I have a feeling it's very similar for you, why I stooped or went so low was because I didn't know how to get what I deserved. So mm-hmm. I kind of felt like, well, then fuck it, you know? Yeah. Um, I might as well, like, you know, be sitting on a milk crate in uh, Washington Heights drinking Heineken and getting high on a Wednesday afternoon while the rest of the world <laughs> is being functional because I really was not attracted to what the rest of the world was doing. Mediocrity is not a thing I've ever ever been okay with 
Right. You know, so I made that mistake when when trying to get into recovery and why the rooms were not okay for me for many reasons. The social aspect of when she of, says the rooms, people, she's talking about the rooms. Twelve step program was just not program. for me. Although it's my husband's been uh, sober thirty seven years, um, and the rooms was for him as it is for you. So find your path. Um, but it was for me. Yeah. So it wasn't for me. Okay. They ate me alive. It's a very difficult place for a young woman. I'll tell you that right oh, now. Yeah, the definitely. women, the, the men all wanted to screw me and the women were just catty, nasty, jealous, hateful people, uh, not trusting me for where I came from instead of loving me and, and, and taking care of me and letting me know everything was going to be okay and safe. That didn't happen at all. Um, you know, so but also, you know, a lot of what was happening in the rooms is was was discipline and mediocrity, like just fall in line, right? And it's just not in my DNA. It's just not. And so I'm surprised and amazed that it worked for you. So that's great, but it did not for me. And so those bottoms were kind of forced bottoms by me, you know, because it, I I didn't know the other direction that I could go in. I only saw like be like everybody else or be that way. And, you know, there was some good times in that way, believe it or not. And some of the best lessons for who I am today and some of the best opportunities for me to help people. I have an emotional intelligence. Um, and, you know, I'm, I stopped going to school in eighth grade. You know, I, I went to college very briefly, um, two times. Um, this most recent, I was like, where the hell am I in college? <laughs> so um, I'm not educated. And in, in, a, in a traditional sense, right. um, but I have a very high emotional intelligence and it's well, all, the, you know, that is, that is, what was that last thing? Because of my experiences. Emotional intelligence, I regard and many other people do as well, the most important intelligence. It is the, there are different kinds of intelligences. That is the most important intelligence you can have. Well, especially now post pandemic, like if you don't have it, you're screwed. Whenever, whenever. Because yeah. we, we are emotional creatures. And if you're not you managing can't your- survive now without it, where I think the, re the whole world was just ignoring, you know, just so, uh, you know. If, you, if you're not managing your emotions, your emotions are managing you. You must be managing your emotions. Otherwise- But look at the world. Nobody's managing. They're all losing it. I mean, really just abusing each other. Oh my God. And the world has become more illogical than ever. It's just really total emotional mismanagement, unmanagement, yeah. chaos. And it's, it's like, once I got to the place where I understood that two people can have completely- opposing opinions and i'll put it this way with the republican and democratic party completely opposing and both be right yeah right it's totally possible to be completely right um because it's all subject to perception it's all it, it, it you get it you know so if we don't all start looking for the commonality instead of focus so much on the opposition we're, uh, we're in trouble we're in big trouble because there's a lot. I read a book and you should read this book. You would love it. Everybody should read this book. It was written by Thich Nhat Hanh, who, is, who just passed. Yes. I think it was Thich Nhat Hanh. It might've been Dalai Lama, but I think it was Thich Nhat Hanh. And it's a comparison between Jesus and Buddha. Yeah. And it's really a parable for how to do that in life and look for the, the similarities. And then once I realized that, because if I came to Buddhism, um, through the traditional door, which is, you know, um, uh, prostrations and is it prostrations? Yeah, not prostations. <laughs> prostrations, you know, Buddha beads, you know, same thing as Catholicism, right? Same thing as rosary and all the things I judged because I was so anti-Catholicism. Buddhism has all the same things. I just was introduced to it different. So my perception, my perception was different. You know, so if you're you, so so there, it's exactly what I'm saying. You could you could look at it one way and say, nope, I'm dismissing that because you know I'm don't believe in these ritualistic things and blind faith and worshiping things. But meanwhile, the message is really the same. It's compassion. It's love. It's transparency. It's honesty. It's they're all the same. All religions are the same, but yet they're all at war, as if they're all in opposition when. They're not, they're the same. They have the same beliefs at heart.
Totally. We have to look for the commonality in order for us to unify. And there's unification is where it's at. That's where power is. That's yep. where coexistence is, where everyone benefits. Yeah. So, but of course, political parties, they're, they're in the business of, in, of opposition. And so that's, we have a great conundrum <laughs> in our society. We do. we do. And it's not just our society. It's, it's, it's in the whole world is in opposition right now. Um, I yeah. mean, we're just, we're just like, you know, the black elephant. We're not the white elephant anymore. Yeah. We're, we're just obvious, you know? Um, I don't know what, what the heck black or white elephant means, but you don't understand what I'm saying. It's, right, contrast. We're okay. obvious. Nobody's pretending that we're not there. People are actually laughing. Like, look at these Americans. What are they doing? Let me ask you about financial security. I mean, you really, you used to be penniless and now you do well. Um, and how much of, how, what was the necessary changes that you had to make in order to, you know, start being successful financially and to, you know, in, in the financial area? Well, I'm still that. in that realm because um, I, I don't have, like, a, I don't really have a retirement. I don't really have, like, you know, big, security blanket and I married somebody who's in like a similar boat so the next five years are really more about that the last five years since I've had the kind of income that I've had I kind of have spent money like a drunk hoe <laughs> I paid off my beach condo so I did that which is a huge accomplishment um but now I have to get that security um but but if I'm investing in my company so and I'm investing in um you know, in being able to semi-retire in about three years and then become a national coach and not have to be operating nine to five Monday through Sunday, I should say. I don't know who I was going to say Monday through Friday, but I work probably seven days a week. Um, you know, so, um, so I'm not there yet. You know, I'm still stressed about money. Um, I still have money to the IRS. I still, I'm not there. I'm not. So perfect. it seems to me that you simply, you plan and you work hard. And that's yep. basically your that's whole it. thing. I can't, no, I- you Put the I hours in. Thing. Yeah, right now, cause this is work. Yeah. Um, I will have probably put in 82 hours, Sunday to Sunday. 82. Is there that many hours in a week? I'm not sure. I did the math <laughs> this week. Cause I was like, am I exaggerating? I don't want to exaggerate, right? Oh and I did the math and um, so, here, ready? Because this is interesting. Because I think people hours, should know man. this. Because people say that's crazy. I can't even count that high. So, so forty hours is a normal work week, right? right. So, but let's do twenty-four times seven. So you have one hundred and sixty-eight potential hours. Now, I'm not going to lie. This week was work or sleep. That's totally doable. <laughs> It's totally, it's totally doable. You have the best attitude, you know. And I never, I never buy or have never bought these gurus or these charlatans, perhaps, that promise effortless success. I'm like, are you kidding me? But I love it. So you know, I love the idea of it. But no, but it, I love the, I love the eighty something. Like I wake up, you know. If I wake up at 3.30, which most women my age do, because we got to pee. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I'm just going to stay up. Like I got work to do and I feel great. Now, Friday night, I went to bed at 5.30 PM. I did wake up at 6.30 when my husband got home. He brought me dinner. He brought flowers. He made a fire. And then I stayed up for like another 45 minutes. And then I went back to bed. Now, I don't go to bed at 5.30 PM every night, but I did yeah. on Friday. Um, but I had to get up. I worked yesterday. I and yesterday I only worked till one. And today, after you, I'm going to pick up my granddaughter, and I will be unplugged and hundred percent in tune with her. And then the week will start again. But it's not. I don't. You know, I don't live for the weekends. I don't. You know, I, I, I'm on a mission. I want to be semi-retired in three years. So that's the motivation. I'm yeah, that's in. it. You got I'm your why. To, to you, the you result. Not the process. You got your why. You got your big why. It's fantastic. What, what, what is the biggest mistake you ever made and what good came of it? Wow. I mean, I really just made a series, of the, you know, in the 20s. In my 20s, a series of mistakes. Um, the biggest mistake I ever made, 
I, I don't know that I really have one. Like, you know, just, I fail forward. I, I fail forward on every single mistake. The biggest mistake I ever made. I mean, in business, it was probably not um, really taking my business serious. Um, 25 years ago, I would be, I'm very good at what I do. And so I wasn't organized. I didn't have a database. I didn't get systematic and staying in touch with people and, and, and building upon that and building the community, right? Right. I didn't build my community. Um, and so the last five years, you know, I, I had a condensed version of a community, but had I started 26 years ago, um, I would have been able to retire a long time ago. So building community, uh, community is critical critical to any success in any industry um okay now, those elab are people. Those elabor are elaborate on community what what is a community um community in business is literally you know those people that you are going to support and they're going to support you you build right. each other up and you support each other's uh you know efforts in business and so you have this reciprocity and how do you build this community you you give you, you come from contribution. You give. You, you got to get active. You got to get off your ass. You give, but then you have to make sure that they know who you are, what helps you, why you're good at it. And if they send anybody your way, you're going to treat them like family. You want the business. You need the business. You, you And you're going to take really good care of the business. So it's 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 like a whole thing. Right. Know? So there's a lot of communication and, and, and making and sure me. everyone knows that you're a team player. Yeah. So, you know, when someone calls me and they're like, do you know an electrician? I take it serious and I make sure that they, I don't go to sleep unless I know they've been hooked up with that electrician. Does that have anything to do with putting commission in my pocket? Nope. You just, but that's you're, my you're there for people. Yeah. You have a real Coming, relationship. Being a connector and uh, supporting and loving people, but at the same time being uh, purposeful as well. Fantastic. Making sure they know what what's important to you, not in a you know hands out kind of way, but in a very symbiotic, synergetic way. Let's take our final break and hear from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Jennifer Marr. This episode of Self Help Coaching is brought to you by Perficio. Perficio learns more about you as you make progress and then uses that information to help you even more. It is quasi AI. Visit www.perficio.io. That's P E R F I C I O.io, where you can be helped by something that learns more about you because that is the difference that makes the difference. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza, and Jennifer Marr, the very lovely, the very intelligent, the very go-getting Jennifer Marr, formerly McBrady. Uh, She tries to hide it, but I'm not going to let her get away with that. Uh, <laughs> because I don't want to talk to everybody from high school. No, thank you. I was not in high school with you. I was yeah, in you post are. high school. But it's kind of nice to be on Facebook and people can't just find you because I don't have my maiden name it's on great. there. I'm only joking. I'm only but wait, I have another mistake. Not okay. putting my physical health first. Uh, I didn't do that. Okay. And I thought I started doing it four years ago. And, um, but it still wasn't number one. And so like simple things like drinking water and now I, I'm more alkaline, not always. I, I mean, I ate a piece of ice cream cake like this big last night. It was so freaking good. <laughs> um, not putting my physical health first. That is like probably my biggest regret. But you take care, I know you, you take care now of Now I do, now, now I do. Not previously. Not for my whole life. Shit. So, okay. Well, I always laugh at the anti-vaxxers. Anti like, no, no, I'm not getting political. I think it's like, I respect, it's so fucked up. And where are the leaders? As Brene Brown says, she's, where are the grownups in this pandemic? Where are the grownups? There's no, like, anything that makes sense. So I'm not knocking, knocking anti-vaxxers. 
Okay, I am vaccinated, but I am not knocking as I vaccinated. Yeah, I mean, I'm oh. vaccinated because it just it just makes sense. It's just it's just pragmatic, you know. It's for me. you know, it's I want to go to Sweden. I want to do what I want to do, and I want to go to a restaurant in Manhattan. I'm gonna, you know. But yeah. anyway, well, let's, uh, let's not get political. But you know what, though, this this country is based on freedom. But then again, you don't want to be a selfish prick and harm people. It's, so. but it, but no, they did listen. The, our company has the biggest marketing. Uh, campaign. I mean, our biggest marketing budget in like in out of anybody in the entire world, and they did a really shitty job in in how they rolled these things out. But anyway, so when they're like about what they want to put in their body, and then you see what they eat, <laughs> eat garbage, yeah. right? right. Like, you know, so anyway, that that's a regret. So anybody out there, like I promise you, you make that one single change taking care and everything of everything changes everything else changes around you definitely that you're so right now let's get into buddhism a bit you know i recall i don't know one time when i visited you like maybe 20 years ago whatever you were telling me about you were teaching prisoners buddhism is that yeah so i was i was involved with a prison program and i and i actually had a big conflict with the people that ran it because i wanted to give my home address and I did. I insisted on it. Um, and they said, you know, they felt that was dangerous. And I'm like, well, first of all, I don't think anybody's going to break out of prison and like come murder me because I would, I gave them love. And I tell you, if I knew your home address, I would murder you. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We had a prison program that, um, that I was a big part of. I had probably had like 15 students, something I'd like to start up again. Um, Fantastic. And you would send them books and there was a correspondence uh, course for them to read the books and take take um, exams. And how long, did you, how long usually did a student, you know, last with it, go with it? Most of them would stick with it. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. And a lot of them came out and got involved and wow, it was a really cool. beautiful program run by the um, BAUS, uh, Buddhist, Buddhist Association of the United States, uh, the largest uh buddhist association here in this country and they're right here in kent up at the uh, chuan yan monastery there's a lot of great monasteries in new york state people don't even realize it now how has buddhism this is my my final big question how has buddhism impacted your life um Buddhism, I guess, really allowed me to understand um, my place in the universe and that I am entitled to take up as much space as I want. And when I am judging other people, it's because I'm not taking up my proper amount of space mm -hmm. um, or I'm not letting my light shine or I'm seeing a reflection of myself and really just focusing on the present moment and just seeing um, the commonalities and the equanimity uh, and, and, and less judging and labeling. And, and trust me, listen, you come around me in a bad outfit, you walk away, no, I'm talking shit about your shoes. Okay. I'm talking. Vicious. I'm terrible. I'm vicious. Still, <laughs> I am still a human being i'm very as I, I like to say i don't meditate because i am zen i meditate because i'm fucking nuts <laughs> and um so it's not that i've become this person but um <clears throat> it, it certainly helps and it makes me very proud um when more olivia than julia but julia too you know olivia identifies as as a buddhist and she she identifies as being raised as a buddhist it's which great. tells me that, um, you know, I mean, yeah, there was a time when I forced the two of them to sit there and meditate. There was years of that. Like every morning I forced them to meditate. But um, mostly that was not the case. It was just, you know, struggling and struggling in front of them and applying principles that resonated with me to my life. Um, and then also um, allowing that to be uh how i dealt with other people even people who hurt me harmed me um now don't get me wrong you can hurt me and you can harm me you mess with one of my people i love i'm a real mama bear no doubt. Uh, but um 
but even still, and it drives a lot of people crazy because I, I don't always take a side, you know, I'm very, and I was always like that. I think that's part of being a Libra too. Um, you know, I'm always playing devil's advocate, always seeing the other side of things. So that's sort of natural for me. Um, and then, you know, applying uh, Buddhist principles, um, just, just become so much more accepting and so much more less worried about what everybody thinks and what they're doing. And obviously realizing it's not about you um, and not taking it personal. And the uh, thing is, and just being the best version of yourself in this very moment and loving yourself for whatever you're not. And just, if that's what you want to be, then, then do it. Fantastic. You know, I created a virtual coaching program and now you're coaching or getting into coaching. So what's the, what you're coaching for inspiring realtors and brokers, right? Is, yeah, uh, mostly. What's yeah. That about? Um, yeah. So I, I have a knack for, for helping people get unstuck um, and get into the routines and rituals that they, they, need to do and it's really stuff that they know it's just how do I like actually start implementing and I'm an implementer so um, I actually started on this thing you should actually look into us because it's very inexpensive and really helpful um, get the book uh, called Traction and also Rocket Fuel those two books by uh, Gina Wickman uh, his father Floyd Wickman is a very famous old school uh, real estate coach and these books are not the um, rocket fuel and, and um, traction um, are not real estate related he he uh, started the company called EOS entrepreneurial operating systems and it's freaking awesome and um, so that's helped me a lot too but anyway so yeah I'm really good at just getting people traction you know starting to implement make progress track the progress um, and, and schedule your life uh, into success, but yet schedule your personal life, schedule, you know, like my, my trips are booked for the year. Um, probably can't afford them, you know, but we're going. Um, happen. You, you, I, that's one of the things I really noticed about you. It's like, you really, you don't neglect your recre recreation or your relaxation. You, you make it as necessary as the work Even with itself. 82 hours a week. That, 82 that, hours a week of work and today will be about me and there will be lots of moments this week about me and you know we're going to Dominican Republic for two weeks in April now don't get me wrong I'm going to probably work most of the time not most of the time but I'll work every morning because I love it but you'll, and, be on your, you'll be on your beach yeah I won't be tied to my phone while I'm on the beach <laughs> once I'm done in the morning that's it I let <laughs> it go and then um, we're going to be in Europe for, for two weeks, um, you know, no, we don't Fantastic. find it, but we, you know, Chris now can do everything, mostly everything remote except for actual court, but you can schedule that around. That's so great. I taught him how to be able to work remotely and we can't afford not to go, you know, we're, we're expecting our third grandchild from his son. So we have wow. two Swedish boys in Sweden wow. already, and now they have another baby on the way, which looks like a girl. And, um, you know, Julia, my 18 year old needs to get the hell out of this country or in the hell out of Mayapak as often as possible with this pandemic. So that's a priority. And so we make it happen. So uh, I understand you have a free gift for uh, realtors or, or people. Any business owner it can be any small business owner. You know, I, I that's one thing about EOS the, the, that I just taught you about. Um, really helped me see that it's really all the same, you know, in business. Okay. Um, so yeah, I will offer up three coaching sessions, um, which have a value of, uh, I don't know, I put it $500 for 20 minutes. Um, I pay my coach $900 for 20 minutes. So he might say I'm not ready for 500 for 20, but whatever. Okay. I promise you that you will get amazing value out of 20 minutes. And again, it's not, it's not because I know things that you don't know. I just have a knack for helping people to get unstuck and to get moving forward. Fantastic. This is not just for realtors. This is for business people, yeah. people who Anybody. want owners, people who want to move forward, make traction, get unstuck. Give yeah. Jen, go to, first of all, go to Jennifer's website, jennifermar.com. That's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R. It's right now it's just a landing page. So that's it's fine. So, and people, accessing real estate. 
Um, Wait, what does it say again? Success in real estate on Instagram and Facebook. Success and in real estate, Facebook or Instagram. Success. And then in I have Denmark coach, mentor, trainer on Facebook. Those are kind of the spots or just find me personally too. I I'm sort of the same person personally and professionally. Jennifer Marr connect with me on Facebook or Instagram. I think I'm Jen Marr Marr because you don't know. I told you earlier. Okay, but you want, you, we don't want to confuse the audience. So <laughs> we, we, I'm very public. You'll be able to find me on any okay. of those platforms. Or you can go, did you have an email? <laughs> you circling a face for those listeners. I got a very memorable face. Yeah. My direct email is Jennifer. J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R at jphilip, J-P-H-I-L-I-P dot net. Okay. So they can, don't go to, don't bother going to jennifermar.com. Find it. Well, you can, Facebook. you'll find me there. All right. Find it there. I just don't okay. want them to be unimpressed because we're in, we're switching websites again. So. All right. Very good. So, and uh, at, so it's at success in real estate. That's in all your social media. All mm-hmm. right. Use that. Um, Jen, you have been a most wonderful guest. It's been such a pleasure and delight to visit with you, see you again. I love you. You're the best. Uh, Do you have any parting remarks for our audience? I would say, you know, take, take, take each moment to figure out where you want to be. If you're unhappy, if you're living with anxiety and depression, just know that that is an option. It really is a choice. Uh, I get, my daughters get mad at me sometimes, like as if I don't know and I don't remember because they they were struggling a lot in this year. But it is, it truly is a choice, you know, and a choice that you can make in every single moment and then it gets easier and easier. So put something in place, something positive, whatever that is for you. Um, stop binge watching bullshit. Fantastic. And get outside, get a dog and walk it, whatever yeah. you gotta do. Just make it happen. Yellowstone. It doesn't mean you can't, because I love Yellowstone and I've binge watched every minute of it. And now they have the prequel. So it's not about that. It's not, and it's also not about judgment. It's just about making sure you have things in place that nurture your soul, nurture your mind, and nurture your body. I thought you were talking about the actual park, Yellowstone. You were talking about a TV you show. Gotta you got to watch the show. That show. <laughs> Great stuff. Great stuff. Jen, you're awesome. I really appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for being here. And remember, every one of us is responsible for ourselves, and we can all use a little help. With that, thanks, and we'll see you next time. Jen, you're the best. Thank you for tuning in to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. Remember to visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Self-Help Coaching Podcast.